if you're watching the video format of this podcast, even if you can just tell an audio feature, you can tell that one of us is significantly cooler in person. And that's because I'm wearing Elite Sports gear, baby. Look at this. This is so soft. It's a no, part Jacob, of our original is, collection. Jacob is rocking the crew neck, squaring around sweatshirt. It looks great. Jacob, I talked to you beforehand. I am slacking. I need to jump on top of this. That sweatshirt looks incredible. It looks great on you. It's sick. Yeah. And if you're buying something for them, they a pro tip, they always they told me to buy a size bigger than you would normally get, you know, just to prevent shrinkage and some other stuff. Size bigger. Yeah, you know, get a size bigger. And you know what you also should do? You know what you also do? Use code square. Yeah, use code square at checkout. That's elitesports.com forward slash square. Use code square at checkout. And if you're curious about their other stuff, right? Like this is just their crew neck, but imagine this with any other stuff that they got with all their other elites too. You know, it's the same deal. So same products, just different stuff on them. Elitesports.com, use code square at checkout. Tired of winning the tailgate, but losing the games? We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. Physically fit. Physically Welcome fit. to the Welcome to the Square Round Podcast. I'm Andrew Zimmel, the Texas State Sports Press. That is my little friend in the cart as we fly around the Temple of Doom. It's Jacob Rodriguez. It's like uh, that movie with Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan where they go around the world in 80 days in the hot air balloon. You know what I'm talking about? You know what the name of that movie is? Around the world in 80 days. Bam. Dang. I don't think it's Owen Wilson. I think it's somebody else. Sasha Baron Cohen? I don't know. Someone like that. it's Owen Wilson. Welcome to week 10 of college football. Is it week 10? That's nuts. It is. How many more games do we got? Four? Yeah. After this? That's nuts. Five and three. We got 12, 12 games. So, yeah. So, three? Two? Two more. Three total, I guess. Uh, Somebody's got to win a game here, <laughs> right? For bowl eligibility, Zim. Yeah, no, Texas State very much has to win a game this week against Georgia Southern if they want to be bowl eligible. It's the last chance that Texas State will have. Well, not the last. The second to last chance Texas State will have. If they're not bowl eligible to jump in the river, it'd be really freaking sweet if you got it done this week so you could just jump straight from the game into the river versus yeah. getting off a bus. But San Marcos River is actually team. warm right now in comparison to the outside, 72 degrees all year round. Yeah, and also it's not that cold out. You guys are just babies. Yeah, well, you know, we didn't have to sacrifice our lives to go chase a dream, buddy. You know, you're living the dream. Yep. Uh, This week, we wanted to bring on a real college football expert. So I called upon my network, my homeboy, McLean Baxley, who now covers uh, Oklahoma State for 24-7 sports. Very cool guy. Very nice writer. Uh, Very great writer, actually. He's done a lot of shit. He covered uh, Georgia on their back-to-back like run, too, to get two natties. So, fucking dope. Um, but now he's back in the Big 12, talking football, wearing boots, and uh, doing more stuff. So, here's the interview with McLean. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Squaring Around. I'm Jacob Rodriguez. That's the Texas State Sports Press, Andrew Zimmel. This week, Andy, when we started this podcast, I only knew one guest that we could for sure get on, and that was for Southern Week. 
Georgia Southern coming to Bobcat Stadium this weekend. It's the only game I will not be in the press box for. I bring you my good friend, McLean Baxley, from not Georgia Southern's 24-7 sports, but Oklahoma State's 24-7 sports. But he's a former editor-in-chief of the Georgian, and he's got a bunch of other accolades in the Georgia, the greater Georgia area. Uh, just a great person and great sports journalist. My great friend, McLean Baxley, everybody. Glad Stop to be up here. for McLean. All right. <laughs> um, all right. What are you talking about? Other accolades? What did this guy win? Like a fucking like eighteen U hoop tournament? Like what are you talking about, Jacob? This is uh, well. My first thing that I knew about Georgia Southern is it was one of those places where you can't buy alcohol. It was like a what is it called? What did I call it? A dry county? Dry or... county? Dry county? Dry yeah. county? That's just nuts. You know, because culturally these two universities are so different as far as like drinking culture. I mean, we're in our squaring around merch right now. That's an ode to our bar culture, and you have like three bars. They have three bars, but they drink a lot. So just because it's dry county did not mean there was not alcohol being flowed um, in and around Statesboro, Georgia. Uh, there's a lot of house parties, a lot of, uh, you know, Greek life was very big um, or is very big. Game days are kind of crazy. And I think actually as of two years ago, the dry county law was uh, lifted and there are now liquor stores in Statesboro. Um, I'm not there anymore, but um but yeah, so it's no longer a dry county. But, uh, you know, even when it was, we definitely did our, our fair share of drinking. Wow. What's up with the deal? Wasn't it with the uh, offensive lineman on a bus? Wasn't that Georgia Southern? Yeah, that was the that was a tough time. Uh, that was so why uh, was that tough? That was great. I love that. <laughs> that, that. Well, that led to the firing of uh, Chad Lunsford partially. I mean, two years ago, uh, 20, 2021, they yeah. um, you know started started off pretty pretty poorly, and that happened, and they lost a couple of games. And uh, Jared Binko, the new newish um, athletic director, had, had kind of had enough, and. I think Chad Lunsford's luck had run out. You know, he had a couple of good seasons and then a couple of bad seasons. And uh, Bingo fired him, I think, in you know mid-October, early October. Um, I think it was might have been the first uh, firing of the 2021 season. Um, and, you know, kind of reset the culture. And then, you know, about a month later, hired Clay Helton. And uh, the rest is history. And, um, yeah, so he, they got it under the way. They got it taken, under, they got it taken out, got it taken care of. And uh, since then, it's been smooth sailing for the most part. So, McLean is doing a good job of sidestepping. So, Jacob, here's what happened. Woo. So, an offensive lineman, was it like, was it a pep rally? What was the deal? It was like going into the stadium, right? So, there's a tradition uh, on game day, they have these old yellow school buses, same ones you would take this just to school growing up. They drive them from the uh, practice field. They, you know, they load them up pads and everything. You know, they put their pads on, you know, get ready for the game. And ride from the practice field all the way to the Paulson Stadium, uh, the uh, you know football stadium. And during there, they drive through Greek Row. They drive through a lot of the tailgating scene, and you know people are you know uh, you know shooting champagne on them, you know throwing beers and stuff, and uh, you know you know honking their horns, cheering them on. And then this one game day, uh, he was actually a defensive lineman um, who was injured at the time. Again, I, I wasn't covering the team at this point, but they he was injured. And he was like a reserve guy, basically. He wasn't even like a great. He wasn't a star, but he he was standing. He on, now he was standing on the bus, like on top of the bus, and uh, some fans threw a couple of beers to him, and he, um, you know, Steve Austin them and drank That's them fire. while wearing a full endorsement. So gas while injured, and uh, then he was suspended from that. Um, oh, uh, and then he made. He's a country singer. And went and made a country song and 
got you know 20 views on soundcloud and uh he's hey, no longer team who and... among us haven't done that you know <laughs> see yeah and, and it, jacob this is the deal so i remember watching that and i was like that is the most texas state thing i've ever seen that is something that a thousand percent would happen at a Texas State game. This is back before TJ or GJ got here. This is before TJ Finley and the, and the success that they had. This before is we had a reason to celebrate. This is a two-win team type action. And uh, when I saw Georgia Southern do that, I was like, "That's that is what I like to see. That is the type of." Uh, stuff that look the Sun Belt. We don't get a ton of credit. We deserve credit. We don't get a ton of credit. Stuff like that gets on the front page of Reddit College Football, and you know, gets people talking about the conference. So I don't know why people were upset. Uh, yeah. Clearly, you're not you. super. Hey, clearly, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like you're super thrilled by talking about it, McLean. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been brighter days uh, for Georgia Southern than hey. uh, than that. I mean, they they, they you know. About a year later, they went and beat you know Nebraska and got uh, Scott Frost fired because of that. They've you know had <laughs> they've had upset wins over ranked App State teams. Um, you know they beat Florida in 2013. They've won six championships and FCS levels. There's been pr- there's been prouder moments to be a Georgia Southern alum uh, than that, but it definitely got the notoriety I think the uh, player was looking for. Well, I appreciate and that I love- story too because you're uncovering the mystique for this team for me. I was just telling you before, I had no idea this team was good since the fucking 80s. I still really have no idea how good the Sunbelt is. As a casual fan, and for this podcast, really, I play the point or the pay the part of like a just a douchebag guy who's riding the wave of his college football's team. And that's really kind of true in these past couple of weeks because I have no idea how good any of these fucking teams are in comparison to Texas State, you know? Yeah, I mean the Sun Belt is uh I think I think the best um I think they're probably better than you know the uh, ACC at times. I mean as far as some years better than the Pac-12 at times. I think I think they are a true uh, power. I mean every year they they're good for a couple of Power 5 wins uh from you know two or three different teams and um you know from, from top to bottom talent-wise might not be great but you know the top you know four or five teams I think could compete with a lot of power five teams and do compete with a lot of power five teams uh, over four or five year span. And you got to think too, we're doing it on a cheaper budget. You know, the ACC, they've got a million dollar more multi-million dollar more budget than a team like Marshall team like JMU team like Georgia Southern. So the fact that they're able to compete is a big deal. Now. All right, Jacob, I'll give you the skinny on Georgia Southern and McLean. You can disagree with me and tell me where I'm wrong. <laughs> so the skinny on the Georgia teams in the time that I've covered the Sunbelt State and Southern both either come out really strong and then falter at the end, or they come out flat, and at the end of the season, they find a way to rack up five, six, seven wins and become bowl eligible. And it's one of those teams where week in and week out, you don't really know what to expect. Now, Clay Helton taking over has given a little bit more stability, in my opinion, when it comes to like the same team shows up every week. This Georgia Southern team before the season, I think they were picked to finish what third or fourth in the East this year, and now they have a legit shot. JMU is a juggernaut; they are might go undefeated. They cannot play in a bowl game. Georgia Southern has a chance here to compete and potentially win the Sun Belt uh, coming out of the East. Am I, am I wrong here? 
McLean? No, you're right. I think currently they're number they're number two in the East. But like you said, uh, James Madison is uh, ineligible for some belt championship game and a uh, potential bowl game. Uh, you know when it gets to that. And, and James James Madison dominated uh, George Southern a few weeks ago up in uh, up in Virginia. So uh, it's good that they're not able to compete in the championship because <laughs> obviously you know they they are still undefeated and, and you know getting top twenty five ranks and everything. And I think George Southern's problem uh, over the past you know since I've been around the team you know the past five or six years. Their problem is that they'll they'll get up big for the big game. You know the the uh, you know they the the ranked game against App State. I, I can remember the uh, you know ranked game against Louisiana. They'll get up these big games. They'll get these big wins, and the next week they they lose to a you know really shitty ULM team, or uh, you know they'll lose to Troy at home on homecoming or something. I mean the they, the the next game is the game that they struggle with. I mean that's you know I remember back in 2018 they. Uh, beat uh, number 25 app state at home um big upset yeah. win you know, you know one-sided win we're all hyped and then the next week they go to monroe i went to i you know covered uh the game in monroe flew there and everything and um i mean i think at the end of the first quarter it was 14 nothing warhawks and i was like this and then it, because they lost that game they they played themselves out of the sunbelt championship and ultimately app state won the conference even though georgia beat them uh you know, in, in October, I mean, I remember uh, Jacob. You know, you and I were up in Washington uh, a couple years, I mean, four years ago, yesterday. And wow, four years ago, yesterday! Happy anniversary! It was Halloween, uh, and Jerusalem <laughs> beat App State again in Boone in 2019. Uh, but same kind of thing. The next week, they they lost to Troy, and uh, again, App State, you know, went undefeated the rest of the season, other than playing the Eagles, and uh, again, won the won the Sun Belt championship. So. That's their problem is that they, they get up to the big games but then have the uh, letdown, the hangover letdown. One of the best rivalries in the Sun Belt is Southern versus App. And this goes back the best, to yeah. the 80s, right? At least, I, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, Georgia, their, their first year was 83. Um, and, and pretty soon on, you know, them and App State played annually. There were several games they played in the playoffs, uh, in the FCS playoffs. Um, App State, I think, has two or th- they have three um national championships obviously something's got six that's like that's i think that's the best um rivalry in the Sun Belt. um and they they both came over they both came to fbs the same year in 2014 pretty much you know had had pretty instant success i think app states had longer success you know having not having those letdown years that that southern's had um but pretty you know instantaneously had success uh, at the fbs level so it's been, it's been competitive since they've moved to the Sun Belt. They, they've continued that hatred um, even though Georgia State is there, that's a basketball rivalry. That's a that's you know played in the hardwood. But uh, but yeah, upstate Georgia Southern is is the rivalry of the Sun Belt and, and one of the best rivalries in a uh, group of five, in my opinion. Which 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 is so funny because this is not the first time you said this. It's only a basketball rivalry. Georgia State fans will argue that it's a football rivalry too. Southern is to state as UTSA is to Texas State. I feel like because it is like okay, it's not a rivalry. We win all the time, but. You know, state still plays. They still show up to those games and thinking it's a rivalry game. They get up for them, but Big Brother continues to put them down. So my prop, my the the kind of uh, my first game at Georgia, my first Georgia Southern game. I was a senior in high school. My dad and I went down. It was the year. It was 2015. They uh, Georgia went nine and four. They went to the they they won their first bowl game that year. Dad and I go down the last game of the season against Georgia State. Again, this this Georgia Southern team had just barely they lost to Georgia in overtime the week before. So this team's really good. You know, they, they have a lot, you know, a lot of experience, a lot of really good offensive weapons. They're expected to come in and just dominate Georgia State. It's senior day. And Georgia State's wins like 37 to 10 or something. It's a blowout, and Georgia State wins. 
Um, so Georgia State's won a lot in this rivalry. I think it's I think it's they might went, had the lead five to four uh, in football. But my thing is there. It's embarrassing. I know last week Georgia Southern beat them. And the fans stood in the field, and a lot of alumni were like, "This is embarrassing." And I, I, I sense that because it should be expected that you beat Georgia State. You don't see, you know, Georgia Tech or Georgia storm in the field when they beat Tech. You know, it's it's similar to that. Um, but I also see it's it's you know you beat an in-state rival at home on a Friday, on a Thursday night. What else are you going to do? Storm in the field, sure. So I mean, it's a it's a game that they should be beating Georgia State every year. It, just so happens that they don't. Well, yeah, that's talked, that's Georgia Southern supremacy right there for you, folks. You've talked <laughs> a lot about culture, pride, tradition for this football team, all things that really Texas State does not have, like right now, right? And, but so, why do our fans think that we can just up and leave the Sun Belt? You know, you guys have been nobody really thinks good. that. Nobody thinks that, Jacob. Are you sure? Have you seen I'm our positive sometimes? I am positive. Are you, Nobody... where, where are, you go? are you going to the freaking Atlantic Sun or something? And then I'm going to the Pac-12, McClay. <laughs> We're going to the SEC. I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, does Texas State have how many have they reached double digit Sunbelt wins since joining the conference? No. Good question. Hold on. Time out, time out, time out. Double digit Sunbelt wins, period, since joining the conference period. or this ever. Period. Combined. Not in football. For oh, sure. yeah. No, we have double digit wins because yeah. No, in football. I think in football because we have two football? this year. We have one. I, we've been in the conference since oh, two thousand. You're talking about like double little... digit, as in the score of the game. I mean, like the no, 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 no. no, no. no. He no, means like, he means yeah, human of yeah, That's what I'm saying. Human of I'm not I think positive. Ten. <laughs> I think we have ten in football. I, so. I don't think so. During my my you know five year career at Southern Texas State was like the free win. It was like these guys, these guys are three and nine every year. Yep. You win yep. your FCS game, maybe. I got a new coach every other year. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think we, I think we have ten Sun Belt wins in football. It's, it's I, sad that you're not saying we do. Definitely, I'm for sure we do not. I don't know where Zimbo's getting this information. Well, from. All right, let me look. You can edit this. Get asked since we joined the Sun Belt in whatever, like I don't know, eight years ago, nine years ago. At this point, we have not won a Sun Belt game or Sun Belt for sure. We have not been competitive. Like, yeah, <laughs> we haven't been to a bowl game. What makes you think we've gotten more than ten wins? We haven't even been bowl. We've only been not in the season. You didn't win ten. Okay, hold on. You didn't win ten. You didn't win ten. Like ten combined Sun Belt. Yes, wins. ten combined Sun Belt wins. That's what I'm looking at. What's your overall Sun Belt record? Is it at least ten wins? I'm not positive, but no. I mean, I think I think you're talking about the culture thing, and and you know, George Southern's had several coaches in the last you know six or seven years, but um, that culture was established in the '80s and you know early 2000s, and uh, just kind of carried over when they went to FBS, and you know that continued and the. A lot of things they do on game day and around game day still happens. And that, you know, it's been going on that way for 30 plus years now. And um, so what the hell happened to us? We have two natties too from the eighties. You know, we, we were on the rise. We were a meteor in the sun, McLean. We were chasing know, them down. I, I, I'm a believer in uh, GJ to get, to get it back. So you're, you're a Texas state truther. Yeah. I, why not? You know? All right. Okay. Thank hey, you. dickheads. We got 13 fuckos. <laughs> Since when? We had all right. You want to hear it? When did, yeah. when did Texas State join the Sun Belt? When did Texas State join the Sun Belt? Te- Texas State joined the Sun Belt in 2013. So in 10 years, you got 13 wins. Yes, that's horrible. One, <laughs> that's one fucking two, horrible. Yeah, one in 2017, <laughs> one in 2018, two in 2019, two in 2020, three in 2021, two in 2022, and then two this season. 
I've he always covered I've always covered Texas State as like a really shitty Notre Dame, you know, like they're independent to me. Nothing else matters. <laughs> this outside noise, these conferences, who cares? As long as you beat yeah. UTSA and uh, you know Incarnate Ward, you're you're good, right? We've never well, done except Incarnate Ward, yes, but not uh, you know the other ones. Here's the thing: there was a year that I think we lost to both of them, didn't we? Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and then we hired all those coaches from UIW, and it paid off. Yep. We're two and two in the conference really now. We're about Mac to be Lepwich three and two. Is now defeated in Bobcat Stadium, though he took his first L this past weekend. Yeah. Sad face. So before then, even as a non-coach Forte State, he was undefeated in Bobcat Stadium. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. sick. Wait, so no, I thought this conversation was like, how many Sun Belt wins have we had like in a single season? Like we've never had a ten win season before. Yeah. Anyway, no, well, was- first off. First off, you're not going to win 10 conference games because there's not 10 conference games on the fucking schedule. Sam, Sam, Sam. Right? I thought that's what the, you guys were talking about. My bad. No, he's trying to diss us and say that we don't even have 10 conference wins, period. We almost true. didn't. We were like three away. A year no. ago, it was pretty damn true. We, we had 11 this time a year ago. That's not great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's tough. Well, it feels kind of like Christmas, but like Christmas keeps getting delayed because like we are on the verge of bowl el- or eligibility. And we couldn't do it last week against Troy. No shit. Anybody see that one coming? And then this week we faced the mighty Southern Eagles. Are they going to bring what's her, what's her name? Freedom, the eagle that comes out? They do. He Freedom does travel, so he he will probably be there. That's pretty um, sick. Yeah. You, what, what is this? This fucking lockhead, Martin? Freedom does yeah. travel. What type of slogan <laughs> is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a live it's a live ass eagle and it uh you know his master Steve, uh, Steve the uh bird handler um yeah, doesn't get involved with that like make sure it's not bringing avian flu everywhere <laughs> there's a he passes PETA guidelines um okay. for sure um, really they don't get mad at you guys for that we used to have a live bobcat just chained up at the school so I understand why that one was when bad. was it when was this because was I missed those market. days yeah, it was like this little corner of campus. It's now a corner store called Paul's and Market. It was right there in that little corner. It was like uh, the LSU Tiger thing, but it was a bobcat, obviously. Well, I think similar to like Ugga at Georgia, like these animals, like Freedom and Ugga, like they're treated better than like a lot of humans, I feel like. Like their living conditions, their food and drink conditions, I feel like are, are uh, better than a lot of humans in the state in Georgia. So. Let's talk about classism in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Ugga is like high, or like middle high class for sure, upper class. I believe it. I believe it. That's good, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Well, did he start that whole thing with the Longhorn, or what was that about? You know, no, Bevo was that was Bevo. Bevo was Bevo, was, yeah. was attack was the aggressor in that. Okay. All right. Yeah. They they shot him up with a bunch of GMOs. You know, you never know what you're gonna yeah, get. All, in all time. And then Ugga's, you know, like uh, what do you call that? Like pure. Yeah. He's like a purebred or whatever. It's so it's just a bunch of like genetic, like, you know. Yeah. It's like, it's, like an it's like the X-Men versus like Captain America. Like, what are you, like, you going to do? <laughs> He's no, it's like X-Men versus like Batman. Like a guy, with, you know, a rich guy versus a mutant, you know. Uh, that, that's what it was like. And it went about as well as you think it would go. I'm amazed the journalist did not get impaled with those horns. One got hit and they broke their camera. I think they sued uh, the Sugar Bowl um, and might have won. That's crazy because when you get uh, press passes, it's usually like you accept all liability that's going to happen to you in this game. Yeah. Granted, but I guess if I was at a animal. game and like for some reason or another, I got hit by a bobcat, I think I would try to sue for something because that's yeah. just unexpected. 
a live bobcat attacks you at a stadium, yeah, I'd fucking call somebody yeah. too. That's yeah. the thing. Like, I think they get the liability, but it's like I showed up not knowing a longhorn was going to be here. Like, come on. What do you uh, mean? There's a longhorn. They have a longhorn that travels. I don't know if live animal makes it into the uh, fine print on the back of a press pass. Um, There's not a lot of space on those, so yeah. I think that I think that Troy's better than Georgia Southern. I guess I guess we'll see. I I think Georgia Southern. I mean, their their defense is is, is good enough. I think in their offense, when they're not turning the ball over, they've got enough weapons where they can they can run it really well. You know, Jalen White, you know, one of the best running backs in the conference, and then Davis Brin, when he's not throwing when he's not throwing interceptions, he's throwing touchdowns. Um, and that's that's kind of how he works. I mean, he's definitely it. The same thing happened last year with their uh, uh, Kyle Van Trees, the quarterback they got from Buffalo, uh, was the quarterback last year for Georgia Southern, and he, and he was a—he's either gonna throw an interception or he's gonna throw, you know, a forty-yard, you know, gorgeous, you know, fade route in the corner. I mean, there's no real in between. You know that both of these guys are elite. You know, towards the top of the conference in both, you know, passing touchdowns, passing yards, and they're also towards the top of, in the country of throwing interceptions. And that's—it's a—it's unsettling. You know, I remember, I, the, you know. I watched the uh, game earlier this season at Wisconsin. That's a game that Georgetown should have won. They were much better on both sides of the ball. But Davis Brin turned the ball over six times, five interceptions, one te- uh, one fumble. They kept him in, and uh, Georgetown lost. And that's a game that, like, you know, for three quarters, they were the better team. And it was just literally just the, the turnovers. They couldn't, couldn't stop that. And the backup, I guess, is so bad that you leave a guy that has six turnovers in um, – which is just ridiculous. It was early in the season too. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to pull a guy game. What was it? One game, two. Game you don't want to be like three. I think. Yeah, but you also don't want your guy to throw five picks. You know. Hey, <laughs> hey you know. And, That's and, fair. And what and what Helton's been doing is he's been getting these you know uh, redshirt seniors. I mean, this guy he, he was at Tulsa for four or five years, and then now he's at Southern for one year. That's been the plan. The last year's guy, he was at Buffalo for several years and then came to Southern for one year. Uh, that's been kind of the plan. As a fan, you know, my, my you know, hope is that uh, Helen can get in the recruits and get, you know, some high schoolers and so they can they can develop them as, as backups. So by the time these transfers are kind of done or you get into a situation where you have, you know, multiple turnovers, you don't feel like it's such a handicap to put the backup in. Um, whether he's a high schooler or a, a fellow transfer, just getting more – guys than just putting all your eggs on one guy um to come in and, and lead your team at quarterback i think is a i don't know i don't know how long that can suffice are you guys trying to I take back of, georgia by any chance well that was the big thing i wrote an article back in the day uh spring 22 where clay helton they signed similar to texas tech they signed like or texas uh state excuse me they signed like twenty-seven. Wow. How dare you, sir? They signed like twenty-seven kids from Georgia. I mean, all of them were like three stars or worse. Um, but he he made a point. Helton and his staff they went to every single high school in Georgia, which is you know three hundred plus schools. Um, wow, they, they, damn! They, they did their job recruiting. Shit, that's that, well, that's something that they hadn't done in, in years past. Or App State or Georgia State or uh, you know Louisiana or or you know. Anybody, anybody else, Kennesaw State, FCS, they were, they were doing it, but Georgia Southern wasn't, and so just kind of put their name in the face, and it got again, it got twenty-seven guys, and those are just bodies, and um, some of them worked out, you know, uh, some of the, you know, that's what Georgia Southern designs to get under-recruited guys. That's what they've been doing for forty years now. You know what's <laughs> fucking nuts to me is that like all three of us are like professional journalists now, right? We all got to get our, we all got to get up in the morning, we all got to go to our work, we got to put our, our boots on. 
one leg at a time or whatever the saying is. And for some fucking reason, like football coaches, like just don't go, like just don't go to work sometimes. It's like, what the hell are you doing? You fucking millionaire. Like what makes you better than me, sir? Yeah. And then they get paid. I don't know how much I'll get paid, but I'm sure they get paid more than we do. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All so, uh, yeah they paid me pretty good in North Dakota, boys. I can't complain. <laughs> yeah. It was like in North Dakota, Dakota. So you went to you take your wins when you get them. But, yeah, I mean, like last night, you know, Josh McDaniels getting fired. He's getting, what, $40 million a year for the next two years to, Just to not, chill. Do, not do his job. Like, I, think, so, I, I, think, I think a fired NFL coach or a backup quarterback are two of the best jobs you can have in this country. Yeah. Well, or being Uga. I think that's number two. Uh, so, God damn it. I had something important I was going to talk about for the Sun Belt. You fuckers just talked about boots. Now I forget what I was saying. Uh, that's for our Tacova sponsorship. I think if you use Coach Square, you can actually get a discount on that. So shout out Tacovas. <laughs> oh, this was what it was. All right. So Clay Helton comes to Georgia Southern. And I, I have had this theory for a while that a lot of Power Five coaches, they come to the group of five, they come to the Sun Belt. Butch Jones in particular, I'm thinking of. They come to the Sun Belt and they think, okay, we're going to wash our image. We're going to win a bunch of shit, dumb games, and then we're going to move on to the next level. Do you think that that partly is like reason that you have older quarterbacks that come in? Is it that like, okay, we have a win-now mentality. We win nine, ten games at Georgia Southern, maybe win a conference championship, and in three years, I'm back at wherever. You know, a, a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten school, a middle of pack SEC school, a middle of pack Big Twelve school, but hey, I'm back in the Power Five. Do you think that might be part of the health and game plan? Perhaps. I mean, you you mentioned Butch Jones. I think that's definitely Jones's mentality um, when he got fired from Tennessee was to go there, and he's had one of the worst coaching jobs. Uh, I mean, Ever. Arkansas, Arkansas State's been terrible since he's been there. Um, I think he's he's on the hot seat after this season, and. Um, I think another guy that comes to mind is uh, Jim McElwain up at uh, Central Michigan, another guy that, you know, failed at Florida and wanted to go there. And I remember um, a reporter that used to cover them that I, I was close with, you know, almost every press conference would be like, are you, after every win would be like, are you, you know, interested in, you know, the Michigan State job? Are you interested in this other job? And, and he would be, ha, 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 you know, and he's still there, uh, you know, two or, three, two or three years later. I don't know if Helton's like that. I think Helton's definitely a guy that, wants to win now. I think, you know, a lot of coaches like that, but I think because he had success, you know, at USC and at, you know, different stops, he's, he's had success getting guys and, and has been proven to do so. I don't know if he wants to be here for 20 years and become the new, you know, Eric Russell and win a bunch of games in, in Statesboro, or if he, or if it is, you know, a, a, what are they called a, um, you know, a little pit stop on the next, you know, to get to the next place. But I think, I'm fine with you know with it. if he can, if he can stay here for three or four years you know win a Sun Belt championship or two and uh, you know get the uh, in-state record against Georgia State and App State right again you know and, and and do enough to where when he does leave if he does leave the next guy that comes in has enough to work with where, where it's not a total fall off and I, I think that would be the worst thing and I don't know if I don't know if Helton would do that I think I've only talked to him a couple times and I've you know seen you know different interviews and seen him in the community and stuff and it seems like he is a genuine guy that wants to you know. He, he's kind of gone, gone all into the state sphere community and the South Georgia community and, uh, you know, kind of way of life. And so I, I don't know if he would just totally take everything and, you know, leave them and leave them, you know, drowning. But um, I definitely could see a, you know, scenario of, you know, if, if it's all modern or, or, you know, USC opens again or, or something um, 
one of those like you know dream jobs of his does open up if he does leave. But he he also I think to get to that point he he can't just you know go six and six for a couple of years uh, at Georgia Southern. I think he would have to you know put together ten win seasons, put together you know a couple more upsets against power five teams. You know ha- have have sustained success uh, to even get looked at in, in those conversations. Win a game in Madison for sure. Uh, you know, here's the thing. I think that it's kind of interesting the the way that you're kind of framing that because I think also a lot of these coaches don't realize how competitive the Sun Belt is, and even talking like to, me. yeah, just like Jacob, <laughs> just like just me like, for real. But we talk about GJ and we talk about Leftwich, and I think both of them kind of came in with like the idea of well, we kicked ass in Incarnate Word, the Sun Belt will be fine, and I told people it's not the same ball game; it's a completely different game. I think Helton maybe a victim of that. I know Butch Jones a thousand percent is a victim of that where they thought like, Oh, we'll just show up, get a couple recruits and we can win some games. And that's just not how you, that's not how the Sunbelt plays. It's a completely different type of ball game down here. Yeah. Recently, actually your original take too, Andrew, that Texas state would not get more than 55 or 51, whatever they were averaging at UIW is coming to fruition. Now I think they're averaging like 30 something points a game right now. I said 35 would be insane. I was like, there's no way they average 35 points per game in the Sun Belt. The defense is just too good. They're going to see it again this week with uh, Southern. Yeah, I mean, Sun Belt, where the location is, you know, they're they're not competing against the SEC. They're not competing against the ACC for recruits, but for their top recruits rather. But for those, you know, three even four star guys, they're competing with them. I mean, they're they're able to come. You know, I think of uh, you know, Georgia Southern, App State, Louisiana. James Madison now, I mean, they, they can all go into these, you know, high schools, they can go into these rooms, you know, competing against the LSUs, competing against the Virginia Techs, competing against, um, you know, the Georgia Techs of the world. Um, and they, they can offer as much, if not more, you know, more playing time, better experience. And now they've got the track record of, of having success in the NFL. I mean, the, the Sun Belt sending guys to the NFL, they're sending guys, if you, if you want to go the route of come to Georgia Southern, come to Texas State for a couple of years and then go to UGA, then go to, you know, UT Austin, and then go to the league. You, there's there's routes that that's been proven to do well too. I mean, go and get your coaching from the younger, from the uh, you know smaller school guys, and then go to the big leagues if you will. But I mean, I think it's been shown that you know the Sun Belt is a competitive conference. If if you want to win now, if you want to have success now, and, and especially in today's um, game where it's so easy to you know see film, it's so easy to see you know games on ESPN Plus on you know different different outlets and stuff. I mean, NFL scouts and uh, you know, professionals and, and agents are able to see your tape just as much as they can. Uh, the Power Five guys. I mean, it's actually easier for a guy living in Oklahoma to watch Georgia Southern, Georgia State, than it is to see Cal and Stanford. You know, because Pac-12 Network and other you know different markets and stuff. So I think it's it's that's that's really helps the Sun Belt. You know, their, their location and this the continuity of where they are and and that those conference those teams have been there. Obviously, you you, you know we had. Uh, James Madison, Old Dominion, and Marshall a couple years ago. But other than that, I mean, there's been no real change since, you know, 2014 when uh, Southern Nap State joined the conference. And I think that's really helped uh, in the long run. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we've only lost a couple of members, too. I think Idaho and New Mexico State are really the only two that have left. Little Rock, too. And and did you – well, isn't Little Rock still a basketball school? They're just a basketball school now. Well, not for (laughs) us. They're not for us, yeah. No, I thought thought there's still something about for – I don't think so. They they never had football. Um, yeah, but I mean, and, and then you look at New Mexico State and Idaho, and are there other really losses? You know, I mean, Idaho and, and I mean they're they're now having success at the FCS level in New Mexico State. I mean, they're having a new, new coach every two or three years too. I mean, it's not it's not like you lost. You know, 
I would rather, if I'm a conference, I'd rather have, you know, just solidify, like we're seeing now with the, you know, the Pac-12 and the, and the Big Ten and really every conference, how it's a national conference. I mean, the, you know, the Big 12 starting next year is from Orlando all the way to, you know, Utah and Arizona State. I mean, that's all, that's all in the same conference now. That's and nice. um, we're well, now that Taylor Swift is in a stable relationship, you know, we can kind of privatize Jets again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that's the real problem with college sports is that there's too many people who are climate conscious. You know, we need to have fewer climate yeah. conscious uh, college football teams. Uh, no, I I like I like your take a lot. I think that there's a really um, the JMU of the world, the Georgia Southern of the world going into a classroom and saying like, hey, come to Georgia Southern, and get playing time. That That's a really good take. Texas State has gone the opposite way. We have said, you know, we can see professional athletes at the XFL and, uh, well, what is it now? XFL and AFL, do they merge now? So it's just the XFL. We can see that we have minor league football players. We have minor league football players around the country. Those guys should come to Texas State. So we can go get an SEC quarterback. We can go see, get a ACC running back or a you know Big Ten uh, linebacker who isn't getting playing time at those schools. They come to Texas State. Immediately, they're going to ball out. Hopefully, ball out. Um all right, enough about all this other bullshit. This weekend, what's happening? Southern versus Texas State. What's your take? I imagine you're going Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to go Eagles. I think they, uh, you know, coming off the win last week, they played on a Thursday, so they've had an extra two or three days uh, to recover, to prepare for Texas State. Um, I, I really do think this, you know, last year was, you know, last year was Helton's first year. He, he His first year at Statesboro's first year around a lot of these new guys. They brought in a lot of guys from high school and transfers. This year, it's, it's the do it now, I think, you know, and, and they're doing it. Yeah, I, Like I said, you know, they lost to James Madison, but that's really the only uh, conference game that they've dropped uh, so far. And, and I don't know, you know, obviously they host Old Dominion in a few weeks, you know, Marshall's on the road in a few weeks. Um, those, those are two. ODU is going to be a win. So, I mean, I, I think the, I think the path to the Sun Belt Championship is there, and I think this is a year where, you know, Helton can definitely capitalize on that. And, um, you know, he's got a lot of veteran experience, especially on that offensive side of the ball. You know, I think of Jalen White, I think of Bo Johnson, I think of, uh, you know, a lot of these guys that have been around since I was still there back in, you know, 2020. So it's not, it's not like a grandpa, but um, – Old-ass dudes, man. Yeah, yeah. so they're, they're still there. And so I think this is, you know, Caleb Hood, you know, these guys that, that have been there for a while and understand the system, understand what it means to win at Georgia Southern and, and have success there. And so I think this is the year where he puts it all together and – that, that next uh, that next stop on the on the train to the Sun Belt Championship is in San Marcos, Texas, on Saturday. Did you guys see that uh... four point uh, four point favorites? Oh, I I was gonna say too. Thanks for bringing up the train thing because that's right next to the damn stadium slash the baseball field slash the softball field slash the everything in San Marcos. Um, whatever scout team led by G.J. Kinney this week. He was trying to give different looks to the team. He got behind center trying to emulate Davis Bren himself. Isn't that nuts? Scott team quarterback, um, he was pretty good today. Um, you know, we're playing a former Tulsa quarterback, so I decided to get out there and, and um, you know, get out there. And, and 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 really the reason I did it is just because he's – a credit to those guys. He's he's so good. I wanted to give him a realistic look on where the ball is going to go with the timing and um, – you know, I still got it. Uh, I can still spin it around. Um, he he probably has a little bit stronger arm than me, and I probably got a little bit more wiggle than him. That would be my uh, you know comparison uh, to him. He's he can still sling it now. He's got a really strong arm and and can put the ball on the money and and, and all that. But 
you know, I probably got loose a little bit more today and, and ran around a little bit more than, than he can do. <laughs> yeah, he still has it. He was he was dropping some dimes out there for sure. So everybody 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 was pretty impressed. He's, he's still got he's still got a little something. Does he look like Bryn? Was he doing a good impression of Bryn? Uh, may, he he might have been running around a little bit more. You know, Coach Kenny's a pretty good he's a pretty good athlete back in the day. So he's got a little uh, a little Johnny Manziel to his game, scrambling around making plays. I'll tell you why. You want to know why? It's because their scout team quarterback uh, Malik Hornsby is too athletic. They said we need to get a less athletic scout team quarterback back there. He said he still has it. He stepped up. Bryn Bryn is not uh, a runner for sure. It it, it, it is so wild wild these last two years. um, You know, obviously because Southern was so you know option um, based for the past thirty years, and then last year seeing them come out there and. You know, throw it 40, 50 times a game. It's just, it's still wild to see. And they still obviously run it, you know, with Jalen White and they've got, you know, some packages that, you know, jet sweep and stuff. But for the most part, they're, they're a throwing team, throw first team for sure. And it's just bizarre to see. Um, and I mean, it works for the most part. Like I said, you know, they're, they're throwing 40, 50 times a game. It's just bizarre to see them not just ground and pound. And even, even when they, you know, the last couple of years that um, the option was, was alive in Statesboro, you know, they were definitely more of a spread option team, still, you know, kind of going faster than the true. Uh, you know, wishbone triple option, but um, it's just bizarre to see them then throw it as much as they do. I'll give them credit; they were better year one of spreading it out than uh, I thought they were going to be. I thought for sure that the athletes just weren't there; that it wasn't going to work. And you know, it turns out those wide receivers who were blocking the whole time had pretty nice hands too. So, really, came to shock to me. I'll say. I mean, I think the biggest adjustment from last year to this year has been the offensive line. You know, obviously, you talk about it often with with you know offensive lines for an option team and a run-based team versus, you know, throwing it, throwing it and pass protecting and doing what you need to in a regular, you know, spread or, or you know, pro-style offense um, and getting those guys in, getting another year of, you know, in the weight room and in um, conditioning to get them where they need to be uh, to protect for their quarterback. Um, has, that's been the biggest difference from last year to this year because the same guys are there, the same skill positions, the same defensive guys. You know, the quarterback is basically the same. He's just not redhead anymore. Um <laughs> Those have been the big difference, and it's it's paid off so far. That's so crazy. GJ looks like Davis too, or Davis looks like GJ, like a young GJ. You see that? If you lined up twenty guys that were on George Simmons' campus right now and told me that one of them was Davis Brin, could not tell you what he looks like. Could not tell. <laughs> could not tell you. Is that because like like athletes in Georgia Southern are not like revered, or because that's what happens at Texas State all the time? Like you will. You could go anywhere and you would not see anybody or think yeah. you see anybody. No, I just don't think I've seen him enough. I mean, he's oh, only okay. been here for seven games, eight games. Um, and most times we're in a helmet, you know. So six two, two uh, ten, you know, he's kind of average. Look at that. That's the GJ. Yeah. That's the GJ Kenny rookie card. I got five of them. It cost me more to uh ship them than it did to buy them. That's the way to do it. That's funny. Gotta love the back of the card. Good in short accuracy, good leader. Those are the strengths. Weakness, everything else. So <laughs> does that go up in value based on wins or Texas State, Sim? That's a good question. I, I'm trying to get him to sign all five of them and then see if I can sell them for an extra buck. You know, two you bucks get them on graded too, you know? Get, so get, one frame, get one of them frames so that if he uh, you know, does end up going to Baylor and uh, you know, get, gets them a championship, then, uh, then it'll be worth something. I'll tell you, nothing good is ever going to come from Baylor. They they made sure of that they got all the bad juju in the world on the, against them. I know. I'm. I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they come here next year. The thing that I I still think about is that like um, 
like now in this current like recruiting cycle, this current like coaching age and stuff like that, like truly like every team across the board is like one like recruiting cycle and coaching cycle away from being dog shit again, like across the board. Like it doesn't matter who you are. Like now it's so easy to both gain a team and lose a team and everything you had behind it. This is a scorn man coming with that half glass or glass half empty take. Cause most people, am I right? Would be like, yeah, you're a recruiting cycle away from being really good again. And he's like, we're a recruiting cycle away from being dog shit. Oh yeah. No, I mean, look at UTSA, right? What happens if Jeff trailer leaves? That's it. We're gone. Gone forever. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I mean, you kind of look like what what uh, what happened in Colorado. Obviously, they had you know two or three games to start the year, um, but for the most part, they've been pretty average. But you know, last year they were what one and eleven, two and ten, um, and now they're you know they they won more conference games in their first game than they did all last year. So I mean, like you said, I mean, it's it's so easy to you know one or two years just go from you know worst to first or first to worst based on based on what happens. I mean, Baylor, you know, back in twenty twenty one, they competed for the big, they won the Big Twelve championship. The next year they went what I think they did they go zero and twelve or they went one and eleven in twenty. Is that the year after rule left? Yeah, yeah, I think they went over. Yeah, so I mean it's just and same league, same. Nothing else changed. You just got a new coach and you were terrible. You went from wow. you know a twelve win season oh. where you where you won your conference and well you, you, know, you can look good. you can look in conference too. Arkansas State, you know, Arkansas State was competing for titles. At the you know at the FBS level, they were competing for some belt titles, and you know within two recruiting cycles, Butch Jones made sure they will never compete ever again. Yeah, and then you look at you know Louisiana; they lost uh, uh, what's the name down in Florida, um, Napier. Yeah, yeah, Billy Napier. I mean, Louisiana, they were a team that they rarely lost a conference game, and they were competing against the Power Fives annually. And now, I mean, I mean, they're still decent, but they're they're not they're nowhere near the same level of, uh, you know, it was intimidating to, to play them. I mean, it was like, oh shit, you know, we're playing Louisiana this week, and now it's like, oh, we're playing Louisiana. They're on the same level, if not below, you know, the Troys of the world or or the. You know, a lot James of disrespect Mike. to Troy. A lot of disrespect yeah, no, no, to Troy. I, 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 I think it's more of a disrespect to Louisiana, and, and really not a disrespect. It's just how it happened, you know. And um, yeah, I mean, there's stories like that, you know, in every conference across the country, across uh, FBS, and probably FCS, too, if we looked at it. Yeah, don't. Don't look at FCS. Uh, <laughs> it's not It's not worth your time. Some skewed storylines. Uh, huh? Some skewed storylines in the FCS level. I'll tell you, the skewed storyline this year is South Coast State. They have taken the mantle. They are now the number one team in the country. They looked at North Coast State, and they said, give me that crown. They are now well, Oklahoma State. Champions. Oklahoma so, State starts the uh, season the number one State next week. Next year, new king fly the ship pile. Damn, let me tell you, is it in Stillwater? Or do you have to come up to Brookings? It's in Stillwater, they're not. They're See, not going look, up. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You never, you know, those those FBS teams, they never come to the uh, never come to the FCS uh, landscape. It's illegal. You can't. It's what? Against rules. <laughs> <It's> rules. <laughs> is it really the FBS yeah. FBS team can't go to an FCS team? Mm-hmm. Really? That's all about. Um, you have to have a certain amount of. Um, like seating or something, but it's a real thing because there was a couple years ago where North like back when North Dakota State was still you know winning hundred games in a row, they were trying to host. They were trying. They're looking at hosting um, FBS teams, and they you're not allowed to. Group of five teams can host uh, Power Five teams, as we've yeah. seen in different, different games. But yeah, FCS is not allowed to host uh, FBS. That's crazy. It's like so. FCS teams will go to like a neutral site and like have a game, but 
Yeah. All right. Good to know. Look at that. Getting smart over here. I'm glad we got a real college football expert on this week to both educate me on how good the Sun Belt continues to be and also just the minutia of college football. I do my best. I try to stay, uh, try to stay relevant. Well, Zimmel, earlier in the year, and this is probably like post Baylor. I think I texted McLean about it. Um, and then I texted you. I think Southern's going to be really good because that's what McLean just feeds me, you know, week to week. And you said, who's telling you that? McLean? McLean? Southern's yeah. not going to be good. Yeah. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I was higher on Georgia State than I was on Southern. And what happens every year is one of those teams let me down. And this year was State. So. See, Sean Elliott's a fraud, and I've said this for a long time. Georgia uh, State frauds. So they, basketball is going to be competitive, uh, uh, soccer competitive, uh, men's and women's. Um, you guys have men's soccer? Dang. It's wild. Sunbelt, Sunbelt soccer is wild. Like uh, UCF is in the conference, and like some big schools are in the conference. And it's just We're an expansion league for men's soccer. Like men's soccer is so rare, other than like yeah. the big school. Why? Even, why like, do you have a men's soccer team? Because like Title Nine wise, like what other women's sports do you have to like balance that out? You guys have um, they've, got, they've got they have women's track and field. They don't have men's. Oh, um, that's a big one. They've got a uh, women's rifle. Whoa. Um, See and right there, there, there's, there's your men's soccer team, Jacob. Yep, right there, yeah. You just yeah. pay for those guns. We don't, have, we don't have wrestling or gymnastics or who has wrestling? Huh? Who has wrestling? Oklahoma State, brother. There, there's. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm yeah, hyped. Yeah. Get out of here, man. North Dakota State is in the uh, the Big Twelve for wrestling, which totally throws me off because like there'll be pictures of North Dakota State wrestlers like wrestling like. Oklahoma State and then like other schools like that and you're like what the fuck is going on well it's funny I mean Oklahoma they have wrestling and they announced the other day they're going to stay in the Big 12 for us for wrestling because the SEC doesn't have it wow so Missouri and Oklahoma will continue to be Big 12 schools in Very wrestling cool. when am I getting wrestling 2k that's the real question EA Sports get on it you know, it is the worst game type in UFC 4 or 5, like just the grappling aspect. And I love it. I, I'm a jiu-jitsu practitioner, but I still hate that anybody could just take you down and then you're just playing a fucking mini game for like 30 minutes. It's the worst it, like, game type ever. Like, it's similar like Mortal Kombat? Like, is that how it works? Like, is it <laughs> Kind of. I mean, well, think about it, right? Like, you, it starts off Mortal Kombat, like you're, you know, trading blows, Conor McGregor, Nick Diaz or whatever. And then... Out of nowhere, of course, Nate Diaz being one of the Diaz brothers is a great jujitsu guy. So you take him to the ground and then you just play a mini game, basically. And so you're trying to get this red bar over this blue bar. It's all very confusing and it sucks. Like it takes a while to get good at, first of all. And then when you do get good at it, that's all you want to do because you want to rack up these wins and get the GOAT yeah. status in UFC, the video game. <laughs> and... <laughs> Yeah, and then you can go get go status in real life. You can go. Yeah. Then you can take that what you learned and apply it to your life. Take to the real ring. Yeah, I think that you're underrating Texas State. <laughs> <laughs> Until I see otherwise, I, I, I mean, obviously, you know, y'all won um, in Waco earlier in the year, but Baylor. Oh, who gives a shit about yeah, that, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. We've, that team has proven that they're just dog shit. Yeah. But it's still a win. I mean, the see, same thing happened to Southern last year. Southern beat Nebraska. Nebraska finished the year like shit and got see, a good fire the next yeah. day, but still a power five win against a team that. 
is what still still probably in the top fifteen in total wins. Uh, in Jacob fell ass backwards in a really good take this past weekend. He said that we're zero and three in prove it games, which I was like, damn, that's pretty. That's a good take. UTSA, Troy, Louisiana, or not Louisiana? Yeah, Louisiana. Yeah, Those Louisiana. are our zero and three in prove it games. So this would be another prove it game. Georgia Southern comes to town, one of the best teams in the East, one of the best teams in some belt like recent history. They show up. If you show up to play them and you win, hey, one in three improvement games. I've had but, I've had this week scheduled for a long time, not just because I get to talk to McLean for fun, but also because I think this is the biggest trap game of the year for Texas State. It's right after our homecoming. Game. We just got let down, not getting bowl eligible. It's cold now in Texas. There's not going to be that many fans as there were before. I don't think we're breaking any sort of attendance records from here on out into the season. There's only two more home games, first of all. It's this one and then the very last one. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a big trap game. Yeah, it's it's trap game. Game. I think they'll be ready to play. Uh, trap game or automatic L, yeah. Yeah. Well, so then they're one and, they're one and one in prove-it games. You know, they lost to James Madison pretty, pretty one-sidedly. Um, but maybe they're just taking the day off. They're like, this game doesn't matter, you know. They uh, – they're not fully they're not, they're not competing for anything uh, postseason wise, and then they beat uh, Georgia State pretty handedly uh, last Thursday. So, uh, so wait, hold on, hold on. The team that you say is dog shit—that's a prove it game. I didn't say they're dog shit. I said they're not. A, they're not a rival. I said it's not. It's not a big game. It can't time, be a prove it game. It can't be a prove it game. If it's not a big game. At the time, they had the same record uh, in the conference, so it was like a. You're playing the best. It's basically one v two because James Madison is uh, ineligible for the postseason. So it was a one v two, and uh, now it's just a one. Hey, All right. Tell you, well, you know, like saw said, some guy getting beat up on the square two v one, and we did not help. So <laughs> we did not help. No, no, no. It was it was more than two v one. We'll tell that story here in a minute. But no, I just like Texas State beat ULM, and nobody's like calling home about that. I do think that people that say the Texas State's not going to be bowl eligible are alarmist and pessimist because I do think that they find one win in the next couple games. Like I don't, maybe it's not this week, but it, they, they will not go five and seven. What are they right now? Five, five and three. This is going to be such a death sentence clip. If it happens, um... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, gonna, I'm not doing this podcast anymore. If we go five and seven, clip it, clip it. That's fine. I, they're going to find a win here on out. Maybe it's this week. Maybe it's not, but they're not going to go five and seven. Here lies the squaring around podcast. <laughs> well, my first, my first full year covering Georgia Southern, they went two and ten. Uh, started the full year, started the year zero and nine. So uh, it could always be worse. That's fair. See, and that's the type of fucking bullshit that Georgia Southern pulls when I root for them. Because I'll be like, oh, they're going to be good this year. Then they fucking suck for no reason. It's like they they had was it? What am I wrong? Was it pretty much a similar team that came back from the year before? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I'm pissed. That pissed me off. Thanks for reminding me about that bullshit. Well, they, right. went, they went they went nine and four, then five and seven, and then two and ten, and then ten and three. It was the biggest um it was the biggest turnaround season in FBS history until last year with Tulane. So that's good. History, you know, whatever. Well until Texas State this year, baby. Well, I guess we can't because we got three yeah. losses. Yeah. All right. The Big Twelve is calling McLean back home, so we gotta let you go, buddy. I think, right? Yeah, gotta go. Uh, some exhibition basketball. All right. Oklahoma State play the uh, Baptists. Well, sweet man, thanks for thanks for talking some some Bobcats and Eagles with us. Absolutely, it's the uh, they don't call it the fun belt for a reason, you know. So yeah.
They well, don't well, have well, a fun belt for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just fucking does it, you know? Yeah. It's the pain belt, bro. Always a pleasure. Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Yes, sir. The reason you like to play at home is because you get home field advantage. And mm-hmm. home field apparel gives you an advantage by using code SQUARE at checkout. You get up to 10% off uh, when you use code SQUARE at home field. And guess what, Jacob? I'm f- freezing up here. It's 36 degrees outside. You know what 36. I need? Jesus Christ. I need a jacket. You know what jacket I'm going to use? I'm going to go online and buy a bomber jacket from home field. The new bomber jackets just dropped. 10% off use square at home field apparel. Nice. Yeah. Those look sick. Uh, Tech state not included in them. Still waiting. Hey, I would buy a jacket. Let me know, man. Home field. A great interview. Another great interview. As you just reminded me, we had Scott Watkins on. We've had McLean on. We've had Colton McWilliams on. What, have we had another writer on? What's the other writer? Uh, oh, Ish, I think Brian Craven? London writes a diary. Ish Craven. Oh, yeah. Totally forgot about Ish Craven. Yeah, those yeah, two guys. My bad, guys. Right. Hey, welcome to the Republic of Football podcast. <laughs> no, um, I was glad. McLean was right about a lot of stuff. He was wrong about a lot of stuff, too. I think he's sleeping on Texas State. I think Texas State comes into this game with TJ Finley in revenge mode. I think that there is a real shot here that he has his best game of the season against Georgia Southern, which – Look, all things being equal, the Troy defense might be the best one that Texas State sees all year. Southern's defense, as much as McLean likes to shit on Troy, uh, is better than Southern's defense. So if Texas State did well against Troy last week, I think they have a shot to do well against Southern this week. I'm taking Texas State. They're a four-point underdog at home in the biggest game of the season to this point. Give me Texas State with the points. Something that was said at a press conference a few weeks ago uh, is still ringing in my ears. It was when we interviewed Joey Hobart after the ULM win. Obviously, he went off in that game, literally won the fucking game for us. Uh, But he was saying that sometimes the coaches are like calling these shots down the field and the players are just not taking them. You know, is that TJ? Is that uh, Joey and the gang? Is that, you know, Ish, Marty, whatever. Uh, obviously, that was not the problem last week. We were trying a lot of things, not successful at a lot of things. And as a matter of fact, I have a horrible, beautiful video of G- uh, TJ's first interception that he threw. Ugly ball. And it would have been right in if he had just, you know, just taken the points down the field or maybe set up something down the floor. This team has struggled in the goal line, and that is concerning. It is. It is. And I think that that's something that TJ Finley is going to grow and learn from. I think that there's a conversation to be had about his decision making a little bit but he hasn't had he hasn't made bad too many bad decisions i should say to this point so i'm not all that concerned yeah i mean it's not the end of the world like i'm not like oh we should have a different quarterback under center but when we do get down into deficit like that i was wondering why isn't malik taking you know why don't we get some practice out of him you know if if tj's thrown three picks already and we got another one and we're not gonna win this game why not have malik out there just because did, he is the backup quarterback. I did think that that was going to be the game that Texas State was going to put Malik in if there was ever a game to put him in. Um, but again, I'm kind of glad they didn't because it kind of shows that they believe in TJ Finley, which is exactly the type of confidence you want to have in uh, a guy. Lindsey Scott Jr. told us before the season that this is a dude who's a leader. This is a guy that grows. And I think that TJ Finley has a really good shot here to have his best game this week against Southern. I am concerned about this game. For a lot of reasons, my family will be there. We'll be rooting for the Bobcats, and you never want to take your family to a bad game. This will be a good game with a lot on the line. So it'll be really cool if we see a win. It will be really devastating if we see a loss. 
I can promise you I can beat any story about bringing a family to a game. I took my family to Texas State UTSA when Marcus Davenport was on the Roadrunners, the game in San Marcos. Brother, that was a slaughter. Slaughter. We actually moved. We were sitting in the – if you're looking at the stadium from – if you're looking at the stadium from the broadcast, we were in the high left corner of the stadium. Okay. Okay. We moved. We were able to move all the way down to sit 50-yard goal line by the second quarter because everybody had left. That's how one-sided it was in that game. That was in, I think, 2017, 2018. Terrible game, um, and it was embarrassing. My dad told me. He was like, why did you bring me to this? For as much work as Texas State has done to bolster its, like, student section presence and just like crowd overall. Right. I think Chris Coots told me like our crowds like 20% better than it was last year at this time with daily or with like game day attendance, I should say. Um, The things that ruin that kind of atmosphere are losses and the cold and rain, which you might have all this weekend, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Coming up lost to Troy. That's going to be something. This is really where the loud crowd needs to step up. Um, Again, you know, it depends on how serious these guys are. The other thing that was really important, and I was brought up in a, a Discord chat I was in, so shout out to the fans that listen to us on Discord. Uh, inflation. We haven't talked about that at all on this podcast, but it takes sure. a part, you know, for the alums coming back. The alums might have come to one game. It could have been the Jackson or the uh, yeah Jackson State game. Could have been to the Nevada game. And instead for homecoming, the alums didn't come. So, you know. That's just part of the part of the equation, too. I actually uh, have something to say, too, about the ticket sales, because I recently had to buy two tickets. You can actually get um, insurance on them now, which I think is really cool. And you weren't able to do that before. But just for eight dollars, you can insure your tickets. And then, you know, if you want to roll it to another game or whatever, you know, you have that option, too. So very cool stuff. Do, from Texas do you State have it? Hashtag fight can inflation. You, can you sell them back? Can you be like, hey, you, you know, can. I bought yeah. on SeatGeek because they're SeatGeek partners. Oh, so did, is that what you did? San Marcos? Is that an early hint? I don't know. Did you sell tickets back on uh, SeatGeek? No, I just tried to use my, uh, what's it called? The insurance on them. Yeah, because Did it I, work? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know yet. We'll see. Okay. We'll see if it hits the bank account. Okay. No. So great stuff from McLean. Really yeah. excited for this game. Solid, solid show from McLean. We'll give him a B plus. <laughs> we ain't got no budgets. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. Better not come any closer. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up.